0: Hey, thanks for listening to the Journey Podcast. We're glad you're here. Journey exists to engage people in the process of knowing Jesus Christ. We pray this podcast engages you and encourages you to become more like Him. Good afternoon. Oh, that was like a long pause. Oh man, just for that, man, I'm preaching for an hour. So y'all doing okay today? Good, 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 man. I have the, the pleasure and the opportunity to um, talk about the one of the best movies that have ever been created, made. It is Elf. It is Elf. How many of you guys actually have seen that movie? Okay. How many of y'all actually like the movie? All right. How many people dislike the movie? Okay. Three people. Hopefully, after this message, you'll get your heart right with Jesus and you'll like the movie Elf. All right, so in the movie, um, um, Buddy is his name. And Buddy's whole significance is that he's trying to find his father. And Buddy leaves the North Pole. And I want to say it's like a a well as he's leaving. And the guy tells him, hope you find your dad. That's like one of my favorite parts in the movie. Buddy is looking for his dad. And during this time, Buddy is looking for his dad. Buddy makes this statement when he's um, sitting at the dinner table and he makes a statement when he's reading to a group of kids, he says, I've passed through the seven layers of the candy cane forest through the sea of the swirly, swirly, sw- twirly, swirly gumdrops. And then I walk through the Lincoln Tunnel. Like that movie is so exciting to me, man. And today... I want to dive into and talk about what happens when we search for God, because I honestly believe there are things that happens when we search for God. Just like Buddy was searching for his father, I believe we all are searching for our dad, not just our biological dad, but we're searching for Jesus. The good thing about this is is that Jesus, God, has always been in the same place. And he tells us in his word that if we search for him, we will find him. So let's pray. God, thank you so much for this day. Thank you so much, God, for the opportunity, God, just to hang out with these wonderful people. I pray right now in the name of Jesus, God, everything that is said will come directly from your throne. Thank you so much, God, for what you're doing and how you continue, God, to bless our lives. We pray right now that our hearts, our minds, and our spirits will be open to what the Spirit of the Lord is trying to say to all of us. Continue, God, to use me during this time to preach your word. I pray right now, God, that you hide me behind the cross. Everything that is said, come directly from you. We pray all this in your son's name. Amen. Amen. If you've never read the story, man, in Matthew chapter two, Herod calls a meeting um, because he wants to know about the birth of Jesus. He wants to know about the birth of Jesus. He wants to know where Jesus will be born, when he's going to be born. And then you have these wise men that travel from the east coming to see who Jesus really is. They're searching for Jesus. And in our text today, man, there are like five things I want to point out to you that happens or five things that we should be doing as it relates to searching for Jesus. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to Matthew chapter 2. I'm going to read verses 7 through 12. And this is what it says. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem saying, go and search diligently for the child, Then, opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Verse 12, and being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. There are so many things in this text, man, but there are like five things I really want to point out to you as it relates to searching for God. All of us are searching for different things in our lives. It uh, uh, makes me think about my son. Um, he constantly goes to Amazon and look for Beyblades. If you don't know what those are, they're all those spinning tops, man, um, that cost a ton of money. And he's constantly searching for them. So every time he searched for them, he'll send me a text through his iPad saying, Daddy, I found, I found another, um, Another like, Will you please, please buy this for me? He thinks that money grows on trees or something. I don't know. Like, I got a tree in my backyard with a ton of money, but but even when my son searches for this thing, um, he's very intentional about it. So our first point that I want to share with you today is this: our search for God requires intentionality. Our search for God requires intentionality. This is in verse seventy-eight. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly to ascertain from them what time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem saying, go and search diligently for the child when you have went for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. Herod is being very intentional about finding Jesus. Not just just Herod, but the wise men are being very intentional about finding Jesus too but well, let me go ahead and give you kind of like a, a brief history about this guy named Herod. Herod had his wife and his brothers killed because he suspected them of treason. Now, if you think the politicians today are bad, man, you need to check out Herod. This guy was off the chain. That's how the kids would say, other students would say it. this guy was absolutely terrible. Herod was so bad. Herod got married at least nine times. Y'all heard me right, nine times. I would think after the third time, I'd be like, man, I've had enough. I don't want another woman in my life. They all crazy, except for my wife and your wife. She ain't crazy, she ain't crazy. Not only that, if you keep reading in the text, Herod orders that all the babies under two be killed. Now, now, this is a guy, Herod also on his deathbed had men arrested in order for them to be slain just so people would mourn his death. And I'm saying like, dude, you're dead. You don't know what they're doing. And this thing, the order was not carried out. Not only that, Herod had some Jews killed because they removed a golden eagle that was, um, as they entered into the temple, they removed it. Herod had those guys burned alive. This guy was off the chain. So when Herod says, to the wise men, go and tell me where he is that I may come and worship him. Herod was lying. And in the words of Buddy, Herod sits on the throne of lies. Some of y'all are like, man, I have no idea where that reference of that movie come from. But if you ever watch the movie, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But then you have the wise men. You have the wise men. They were Gentiles. They were people that studied the star. They were people that were very, very smart. And they were people that were following the star looking for Jesus. They were looking for him. So you have two people to have the intentionality of finding Jesus. But the thing about it is that Herod's heart was in the wrong place. Herod's purpose was not to worship Jesus. Herod wanted to kill Jesus. And in the words of Ricky Bobby, sweet baby Jesus. He wanted to kill Jesus. Like, why would you want to kill baby Jesus? The reason why he wanted to kill baby Jesus was because Herod wanted no one to threaten his throne. Herod's intentions were never in the right place. And the thing I learned about when I read this text is this, is that your intentions may be hid from people, but it's never hid from God. Your intentions will never be hid from God. God knows exactly what you're thinking at all times. So uh, my, my wife, she celebrated her 25th, 40th birthday um, this month, right? And so I came up with this idea that I said, okay, hey, babe, I'm gonna, um, for every picture that you post on Facebook, I'm going to buy you a gift every single day until her birthday. Her birthday was December 15th. So um, every single day she'll post a picture, I'll buy her a gift. I bought her a gift. Came about the ninth day. As I realized I was spending way too much money. And, and, and I came to her and I said, um, I said, hey, do you want to keep doing that? I said, hey, did, what, what, if, what if, what if we did this? What if, like, you know where I'm going, right? <laughs> I said, what if we kind of stop what we're doing and I just give you a big gift on the 15 and stop giving you gifts every single day? I said, tell me what you want to do. So I'm sitting here waiting on her to tell me. She was like, okay, I'll wait on the big gift. And I was like, thank you, Jesus. We are on the same page. My intentions the whole time was to make her happy. My intentions were to value her because I wanted her to understand how much she was loved. My intentions the whole time was to give her exactly what she wanted. And it's the same thing as it relates to God, is that when our heart is in the right place, our intentions will be great. Herod's heart was never in the right place. He wanted to kill Jesus and the wise men wanted to worship Jesus. They wanted to worship Jesus. So Herod never intended to worship him at all. Herod wanted to kill him because Herod wanted no one to threaten his throne. My thing is this. Why are you worried about a baby? Jesus is a toddler at the time. Like, why are you worried about that? Herod. Uh, uh, was so concerned about other people worshiping Jesus that he was like, man, if they worship Jesus, they're not going to worship me. And the thing I love, I I, I learned in watching this text is this. Whenever you're intentional, you set a goal. You set a goal. Herod's goal was to, now, granted, he was lying. His goal was to go and worship Jesus, but that was really not his goal. His intention was to kill him. He wanted to kill him. But the wise men had a goal, too. So whenever you're intentional, you have to set a goal. Not only that, you have to be willing to take a step. Herod was willing to take a step because I'm learning this after being in church and working since I was 15 years old. Any meeting that is done secretly is not good. Anything that's done in secret is not good. Teenagers. Now, y'all look at me like I'm crazy. And some of these teenagers actually come on Wednesday nights. And, and I know, I know there are things that y'all are doing in secret that y'all know y'all should not be doing. Now, you ain't got to tell your mama and you ain't got to tell your daddy. But I know exactly there are things that you're doing. But let see, and, and parents are like, mm hmm, you need to listen to what he's saying. You need to listen to what he's saying. But you go ahead and get on these to parents, too. Parents, there are things you're doing, too, in secret that you should not be doing. Amen, lights, chairs, <laughs> cameras. <laughs> so, so how do I know that the wise men were intentional? One, they set a goal. Two, they took a step. Not only that, we see their actions. We see, we see, we see Harris' actions. Herod's whole purpose is that he wants to kill Jesus. We also see the actions of the wise men that traveled uh, well over 800 miles to get to Jesus. So when they get to Jesus, Jesus is a toddler. He's a toddler. You know what toddlers do? Toddlers get into everything. They're always running around. They're eating everything that's off the floor. So if you tell them don't eat, they're always doing, they're picking up toys. They're doing all kinds of stuff. Could you imagine what it was like for Mary having to raise Jesus as a toddler? I know what it's like for me when I had to raise toddlers. Jesus. Can I just say, there time, times when my kids get on my, they get on my nerves. Did anybody just feel like that? Yes. She's like, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Imagine receiving texts every 15 minutes about, buy me this, buy me that, buy me this, buy me that. Like, my son's very intentional about what he wants. And my little girl, too, God bless her soul. She's so pretty. She smiles and she wants something. But she's very intentional because she, know, she knows that she hits the right smile that they're going to give her exactly what she wanted. My wife be like, you just, you give her whatever she wants. You right. I do. Now, don't forget about that when she get older. I ain't going to forget about it. But but they were intentional about doing that. They were intentional about getting to know yeah. God. And in our lives, we have to be intentional about our walk with him. That means that we have to set a plan in place that I'm going to do whatever it takes to be able to dive into his Where well. I'm going to do whatever it takes to getting to know him. I have to be intentional about searching for God. The thing is that God has not moved. It is us that keeps moving. Jesus was intentional when he died on the cross. Jesus was intentional when he rose from the grave. He was intentional because he wanted to have a relationship with you. So if Jesus is intentional for us, we need to be intentional about getting to know him. But the only way that happens is that you have to search for him. And searching for him sometimes is not easy. The next thing is, this. the second point I want to to, uh, share with you today is this, is that our search for God requires endurance. Our search for God requires endurance. This is in verse um, nine. After listening to the king, they went their own way and behold, the star that they had seen when it rose, went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. It took the wise men about two years to get to Jesus. So that wonderful picture of the manger that you have with the wise men being there, I'm sorry to break your little heart. That is not true. Sorry. If you mad, take it with the person that wrote the book. I didn't write the book. I didn't write the book. I'm just delivering the mail. That's all I'm doing. It's not true. It's not true. And I get that those things are very pretty. They're nice, but it's not true. The wise men were not there at Jesus' birth. They arrived two years later and endured all kinds of stuff to get to him. They were traveling on camels and donkeys to get to him following the star. And many theologians believed that the star would appear and reappear until it got to the place where the child was. When they got to the place where the child was, they had endured all kinds of things. Imagine, how many of y'all got, y'all got young kids? You got teenagers, young kids. How many of y'all, you like traveling with your kids? Not a person in here raised their hand. So, so. I have two wonderful kids. I have, uh, my son is Preston. He's 10. My Parker is six. Like, like, we live about maybe 10 minutes from their school. And sometimes those 10 minutes are the worst 10 minutes of my life. (laughs) Because they are constantly bickering at each other. Preston is saying, um, Parker's looking at me. Parker is telling me Preston won't talk to her. He won't listen to me. But Parker, he ain't got to listen to you. I mean, like, like they're constantly going at each other. So, so, so I have to endure that pain of listening to them the whole ride. It's the same way if you had to travel four to five hours with your kid. Say you're going to Florida. you just going to, going to Florida to visit your family. Four to five hours pass, and every 15 minutes, your kid telling you they got to use the bathroom. Now, we, I told you before we left the house, I told you, you as a parent, you got to give them that stank face i told you before we left the house to use the bathroom. And you look at them and they look like, what, what? Now, now, now let me tell you something. Now, you pee on yourself. I ain't cleaning it up. You ain't a baby. But, But you have to endure that. And imagine what the wise men had to go through to get, to Jesus, They imagine what they had to go through to get to Jesus. They had to endure for two years getting to him. And what I've learned when I, when I was here studying this text is this, is that the wise men was willing to follow something they didn't understand. They was willing to follow something they didn't understand. That's what faith, that, that's what we do for faith. Because if I ask you the question, how many, uh, how many of us in here understand faith, you would tell me that we're still learning it. You're still learning how to deal with it. You're still learning how to endure through everything that is going on. It's the same thing in our world right now. This year has been absolutely nuts to the point you got to wear a mask every single way, every every place you go. Some people have lost their jobs. Some people have lost family members and people are having to endure and the only thing that keeps them going is this because they're intentional about getting to know God and they're willing to endure every single thing that comes their way. That's what happens. The wise men follow something they didn't understand. Not only that, they fought through the circumstances and the people. They fought through the circumstances and the people. Imagine traveling for two years trying to get somewhere on a donkey and a camel and everything else. Now, you think riding with your kids is bad. At least then you can stop and use the bathroom and you got to feed them. You got to do all this different stuff for them. But it's the same thing with the wise men. They were willing to endure to get to Jesus. And my question that I have for you today is this. What are you willing to endure to get to know him? Because a lot of us are like, we're like the, the microwave generation. We, we, we want everything right then, right there. We get mad because Amazon has not delivered our gifts. We are upset. I'm calling Amazon. Who the CEO? Like, like it's their fault. I ordered them things a month ago. They ain't got here yet. Well, I know they lied to you. They told you they'll be here December 18th. I'm so sorry they didn't arrive. A lot of people got a lot of things going on. You got to endure that. You got to be able to know why you're celebrating this season. It ain't about the gifts that you're getting. It's about the gift that was given to you. And that gift is eternal life. It's about Jesus. But we get so wrapped up in gift giving and all this stuff that we miss. We miss the opportunity of getting to know God. We miss that opportunity. Not only that. Uh, I, I see that, that, that our search for God requires endurance, but but also shows they had a, foc- a focus on the task that was at hand. What was the task? The task was getting to Jesus. That was the task. The whole task, I, I, I got to get to him. I'm willing to do whatever it takes to get to God. I'm willing to search for him however I need to do that. And all of us have to be willing to do the same thing. The next point is this. Our search for God requires excitement you need to be excited. You should be excited about being in church. Why do I say that? I don't know if you know this or not. There's a lot of churches that are not meeting right now. They're not meeting in the building. You should be excited about worshiping Jesus. And I know you can get excited because if I ask the question, how many Georgia Bulldogs fans I have here right now Look, look at that. Look at that. You see that? Look at that. All right, then. Man. How many Clips some Tigers fans I got in here right now? Oh, uh, look at that. Okay. Okay. Ohio State. Alabama. Look at that. Boy, you, you get excited about that. Look at that. All right. Okay. I see somebody. Florida Gators. It's okay. Ooh. Ain't nobody excited about that one. Ooh. Sorry about that. Well, if it makes you feel any better, I'm still upset that Georgia lost to Alabama two years ago, how long ago? I'm still upset by that. Now, I was excited for three quarters, man. Well, actually, four quarters in about 20, 80 seconds. <sighs> <Jesus>. <sighs> <sighs> I'm still mad about that. I was excited just for a moment. And I'm still mad at them Falcons too. That dang 28 to three lead. We blue. I'm still mad about that. I was excited. I was gonna be a Super Bowl champion. You I said, I was going to be a Super Bowl champion. Now, I don't get paid. I don't play. But I was going to be a Super Bowl champion. And you know what they did? They just snatched it right from under me. And they're doing the same thing this year, too. So I'm all excited when the season starts, and then the season starts, and then I just get my heart broken because they just always let me down. My friend, one of my good friends told me he wants the Braves players, the Falcons players, and the Georgia Bulldogs players at his funeral to let him down in the grave because they constantly let him down. That's what he told me. That, that's what he said. That's what he said. He said, they always let me down. <laughs> so I'm saying like, man, like, like, but when you come to church, you should be excited about getting to know God. You should be excited that we have the opportunity to worship on Christmas Eve. How do I, how do I know The wise men were excited. How do I I know they expressed excitement? By their posture, by their position. They came into the house and they worshiped Jesus. Your position tells a lot about how you feel about God. Your position tells a lot. My kids are going to be so excited Christmas Day. They're going to be so excited because they get open presents. Your kids will be excited on Christmas. Spouses will be excited because the husband, I hope for your sake, that you listen to exactly what your wife wanted. I hope you did. Because if you didn't, that's on you. That ain't on me. I'm helping you out. I told you, when a birthday comes, buy a gift a day, man. Until a birthday gets here. If it's 30 days um, to her birthday, that's on you. That ain't on me. You better buy a dollar gift. $5 below is a great store to buy gifts from. So a dollar general and dollar tree. But if your wife is bougie, you you in trouble. She going to look at you like you crazy. What you doing? I don't want that. No, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. <laughs> All right, so, so, so we see that they are excited because they fell down and they worshiped him. We see their attitude, their attitude. How do I know that? They had an attitude of gratefulness. They were grateful. Imagine you traveling for two years trying to get to somewhere, and you finally get to the t- point that you arrive and you're excited. Think about how you felt when you finally paid off that last bill and you got out of debt. You were like, whoo, Jesus. That money going somewhere else now. Think about somebody that have worked for 40 years at a job and they finally worked that last day. And they walk out that job and they give everybody deuces. See you? When want to be you? I'm out. Think about how you, feel, you felt when you, when you saw your spouse walk down that aisle and you were so excited. you like, man, I love her. She's so beautiful. Think about, think about it. Everybody has different reasons to be excited. But when was the last time you were excited about getting to know God? When was the last time you were excited about getting to know him, the father, that you say you want to search for? The wise men were excited about getting to know Jesus. And we see it in their actions too. We see it in their actions. Around this place, man, we talk about extravagant generosity. They gave everything. They traveled for, for two years with gold, frankincense, and myrrh, and they gave it to him because they were excited. I would be excited too if I traveled for two years and I finally had the opportunity to see the king. They were excited. The Bible tells us in Psalms 122 and one, he says, this is what David said. He's, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. David was excited about going and worshiping Jesus. So this Thursday, whether you decide whether you're gonna be in the building or at your home, you should be excited about having the opportunity to worship the birth of Jesus. That's why we're excited. That's why we do what we do. It's not about the gifts that we're going to get that sit up tree. It's about the greatest gift that was given to us, and that is the gift of eternal life. That is Jesus that was given to us. That's why we're excited. I think about my kids, man, and, and whenever I come home from working, or I come home from either going to the grocery store. They come running to the door, man, like my, they they are excited to see daddy. They are so excited. Daddy! Uh. My little girl gives me a hug. My son gives me a hug. They're so excited. Even the dog's excited too. And for those that don't know, let me go ahead and explain to you right now. I'm not a dog lover at all. But the dog comes running down the stairs and he's scratching at the door because he knows that daddy's home. And he's excited. Now, I'm excited to see him too, but my sight of him is not like my kids. It, it ain't the same. I'm, I'm I'm not going to say that because my wife is here. I'm going to say that. They love the dog. I like the dog. Yeah, I said it. I love him. She's right. I do love him. And every time I see him, I think about nothing, what we had to spend to get him. Did I say that out loud? I shouldn't have said that. I didn't use my filter. Sorry about that. (laughs) All right, so here we go, here we go, here we go. The fourth point I wanna talk to you about today is this. Our search for God requires an investment. Our search for God requires an investment. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshiped him. They opened up their treasures. Um, They offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Uh, Our search for God requires an investment. We have to be willing to invest into the kingdom. We have to be willing to invest into our lives. We have to be willing to invest into what it is that God is doing in our lives. And the reason why I know that that they they invested in in, in God and Jesus was this, is that they gave him the best gift. They gave him the gift that was suitable for a king, which implies to us that we should give God our absolute best because he gave his best in giving his son, Jesus Christ. He gave his absolute best in giving us Jesus Christ. That's what he did. They offered up their gifts to him. They gave it up to him. They didn't hold anything back. Like like, like we do sometimes because we want to hold on to it because we don't want to let go of anything. They opened up their gifts. And the thing I love about the wise men is this, as it relates to them investing, is that they showed up. They showed up. They showed up to where Jesus was. They showed up. And in order for God to bless us, we got to show up. For all the people in here that work, you work a full-time job or a part-time job. The last time I checked, you don't get paid for staying home. I, I, I'm, I'm just saying, you get paid for going to work. That means you got to be in the place. That means you receive a blessing for being there. That is your blessing. You get paid for being there. The, the, they showed up. Not only did they show up, they open up. What do they open up? They open up their heart and their mind and their spirit to God. They opened up. They gave her, and not only that, they gave up. They gave up. What did they give up? They gave up gold, frankincense, and myrrh. They gave it all to him. Every single week, man, I have the opportunity to hang out with some amazing leaders. We have about 50 or 60 leaders. And every single week, these leaders, um, they hang out with students. We do small groups where these leaders... They invest into students' lives. They hang out with them. They, they hang out with them socially. They hang out with them mentally. When I say mentally, they deal with all the craziness that comes along because the boyfriend broke up with the girlfriend, because the girlfriend the boy was looking at another girl. All the craziest stories that teenagers have. If Y'all ain't realize this teenagers are crazy. They got all kinds of stories, all kinds of stories. But 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 we have small group leaders that are investing in their lives. Not only are they doing they're doing it financially. When I say they're doing it financially, man, there are some leaders that will pay for students to go to winter camp. There are some stu- leaders that will pay for students to, to take an access group. There are some leaders that will buy food and bring it for them to eat. And what that happens, they sit there and get them all high on sugar, and then they come in here to service and they are off the chain. They ain't listening to nothing I'm saying. I got little, little six and seven graders up here screaming at me the whole time, yelling at me because they've been sitting that in sugar and small group. But we have leaders that are investing in their lives. And why do they do that? They do that because they want them to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. They do that because they believe in the mission of this church. They do that because they love your kid. They, they invest in your kid. And it's the same way that we should do. We should invest in our lives if we want to get to know Jesus. You've got to search for him. You've got to invest in getting to know God. And it does not just happen when you just pick up your Bible because something is going bad on your life. That means every single day you're intentional about picking up your Bible, reading your Bible, and studying God's word. You've got to be intentional about that. The wise men were intentional. They invested in Jesus. Why did they do that? Because he's the kings of kings and he's the Lord of lords. The next reason is this, the last one. When you search for God, there's a transformation. This is in verse 12. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. And what do I mean when I say this? What do I mean when I say this? When you search for God, there's a transformation that happens in your life. That's a transformation that happens in your life. How, How do I know that? Every person that you read in the Bible that search for the Lord, a transformation happened in their lives. Every single person from Genesis to Revelation, every single person that they search for the Lord. There's a transformation that happened in their life. The Bible says this in Romans chapter 12 and two. It says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that testing that by testing you may discern what is the will of God and what is good and acceptable and perfect. If you want God to change your life, you got to search for him. You got to search for him. You got to search for him. If you want a transformation to happen in your life, you got to search for him. And how do I know that the wise men had a transformation in their lives? How do I know that? Because King Herod, told them to come back, but King Jesus told them to go another way, which implies this. The most important king is the king that you need to listen to. The most important king is the king that you need to listen to because the wise men did, they did three things. One, they heard from God. They heard from him. How do I know they heard from him? How do, I, how do I know they heard from me? The reason why I know they heard from me is because they didn't go back the way that they came. Because there are times that I can hear, but that doesn't mean that I'm listening. There are many times, man. I mean, I've been married now, going on 14 years, man. My wife will talk to me and I'm hearing what she's saying, but I ain't listening to a word she's saying. I ain't, that's all that stuff sounds like Charlie Brown. All of it sounds like Charlie Brown. I'm pre- amen, men, amen. Don't leave me out there hanging by myself. If you're a real man, raise your hand. It's you, not like you listen to your wife all the time. Terry, come on, man. Come, Tracy, come on, man. You don't listen to your wife all the time. Look at that. Look at that. He in trouble now. You're going to learn not listen to me. You're going to learn. But the wise men, they heard from God. They listened to God. And they walked with God. They didn't go back to Herod. Like, why? Why didn't they go back to Herod? The reason why they didn't go back to Herod is because they met the king. Because they searched for him. And when you search for God, there's a transformation that happens in your life. And if there's not a transformation that is happening in your life right now, I challenge you to do this. I challenge you to dive into God's word every single day. Be intentional about it. And what I can promise you is this, is that when you do that, there'll be a transformation that will happen in your life. It won't make sense to, your, to you. It may not make sense to your, your family. It won't make sense to your friends. But the one person that will make sense to is God. So every time that you come into this place and you hear God's word, God wants there to be a transformation that happens in your life. That we can be like the wise men is that we don't have to listen to the world but we can listen to the person that is the king of the world. And that is Jesus. God is in the business of changing people's lives, man. But the only way for God to change your life is that you have to be willing to search for him. He hasn't moved. He's been in the same place the whole time. And he's waiting on us to make a move. Would you pray? God, we thank you so much for this day. Thank you so much, God, for your word. Thank you so much, God, that we can search for you and that when we search for you, God, we're able to find you. And God, I pray even right now, God, just like the wise men were intentional about searching for you, I pray, God, that we're intentional about searching for you too. I pray, God, that we have the endurance not to quit because things get tough. I pray, God, that we're able to fight through whatever circumstance and the issues that come up in our lives. And I pray right now in the name of Jesus, God, that we begin to Be excited about knowing your word. Be excited about reading your word. And God, I pray even right now in the name of Jesus that we begin to invest into the kingdom, that we begin to invest into our spiritual walk with you so that we can look more like your son, Jesus Christ. And God, I pray even now, God, that there be a transformation that takes place in our lives when we search your word. So that when people see us, they see you. Thank you so much for your word. Thank you so much, God, for an opportunity to preach and teach your word. And we ask even right now in the name of Jesus that you be there for your people. As we continue, God, to celebrate your amazing birth. And we also celebrate the death that was done so that we can have the opportunity to have life. We pray all this in your son's name. Amen. Thanks again for listening today. If you need prayer or help taking your next step, email our team at nextstepsjourneycommunity.net.